just a dollar. DollarSeed.com. What could be healthier? Welcome back to our big broadcast here. We're iHeartRadio, also AMFM247.com. 50-plus AMFM stations across the country and around the world. We have got a great guest with us today. Herbie J. Pilato is with us. He is going to join us here on the telephone. He is a versatile personality, author, critic, TV host, and uh, everybody should know Herbie J. Pilato and uh, super feature magazine article on his career. Uh, it, it's got all the highlights. He is He's out there and... Um, Herbie, let's talk a little bit about uh, growing up. Uh, you had a lovely family. Uh, talk to us a little bit about growing up, my man. Well, I gr- first of all, hello. How are you? And, yes. And, you know, God bless us all to stay safe and healthy. Yes. Um, I grew up in, in Rochester, New York, in a beautiful uh, Italian-American family. Uh, both of my mother and father had ten brothers and sisters each, and as a result, you know, every night was a celebration of somebody's birthday. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, I grew up in the uh, inner city of Rochester in a red brick house that was essentially my mother's um, a home house that she grew up in with, with her family. It was a double house. Her sister lived on one side with my cousin Evie and my Uncle Carl, and we lived on the other side with uh, me, my sister, my mother, and my father. And everybody from both sides of the family, not just in those double houses, but I mean, my father's side and my mother's side, would come over, like, every night. And um, the sisters, my mother's sisters, would have coffee in the morning, every morning, and... And one of those sisters drove, which was kind of a big deal. And they, that sister, my Aunt Alice, would take me to school along with my sister and and my my cousin Eva. So it was just a blessed life. It was a blessed life. That's awesome. That's awesome. Herbie J. Pilato with us today. Now you have uh, a, a a great background in the world of classic television, covering it, uh, writing books on it. When did you first uh, fall in love with some of the classic TV out there? Well, it was on, on Erie Street in Rochester growing up in that red brick house. It was, you know, it was a tough neighborhood, and um, um, there was, you know, a lot of challenges for me as a kid, but it was because of that love that I got from my family that really kept me grounded. But at the same time, I would escape into television like many people did in growing up in the 1960s and, and 70s and 50s, for that matter, we, we gravitated to the TV to escape the trouble um, and the challenges of, of the time. And the 60s in particular were full of, uh, you know, race rioting and uh, the Vietnam War and uh, uh, the, the political assassinations. We needed the escape that the 60s-type TV gave us which, of course, included Bewitched and Ice the Genie and the Munsters and in the 70s, Six Men Hour Man and Kung Fu and, and all of those shows that I ended up writing about in my book. We have got Herbie J. Pilato with us today, and uh, we're going to talk about some of his incredible books uh, here on our big broadcast. Thanks for joining us 
here on our big program. And uh, Herbie, let's first of all uh, talk about uh, some your Bewitched book because uh, I was a huge, huge fan of Bewitched. Uh, what were some of the things that you learned along the way uh, writing uh, this incredible book about Bewitched? Well, yeah, that was my first book back in 92 called The Bewitched Book. Dell did it, and I rewrote it when they did The Bewitched Movie in, like, 2004 and five as Bewitched Forever. And then I went on to do, you know, two biographies on Elizabeth Montgomery, the star of the show, Switch Upon a Star and The Essential Elizabeth Montgomery. Um but the show, and what I learned about the show was, and Elizabeth was that she was really Samantha. What you saw on screen is really who she was as a person. Um, and, you know, she was down to earth and unaffected by really Hollywood and her upbringing. You know, she was the daughter of Robert Montgomery, but the, who was a movie star in the 40s, 30s and 40s. And he had his own TV show in the 50s. But she was, didn't have any airs about her. Uh, you know, she wasn't arrogant in any way, and she brought that down-to-earth personality to Samantha. And it was just so nice to really uh, see that when I met her eventually. Um, but as far as the show itself, I mean, I don't, you know, growing up, I didn't say, oh, my gosh, this show is about prejudice, how beautiful. And this show is about two people who love each other despite their differences. That's something I think we all kind of felt subconsciously, um, but we really didn't say, you know, watch the show because of that. We just knew that it was appealing because of those aspects of it. But when I went on to write the books about the show and Elizabeth Montgomery, I discovered that, you know, I, in depth, just those, those messages about true love and that prejudice, we can love each other despite our differences, and the strong work ethic that Darren had, uh, played by Dick York and then Dick Sargent on the show, that he loved Samantha, um, you know, and he wanted her to, to give up the magic so he could buy things for her that, you know, she could have switched up anything she wanted, but she didn't care because she loved him for who he was and not for what. He could buy her. So it was just all of those different things that were just really amazing. Herbie J. Pilato with us today. He's a writer, producer, performer, entertainment executive. He's worked on several television shows, including Bravo's hit five-part series, The 100 Greatest TV Characters, uh, Bewitched, The E! True Hollywood Story, which was the seventh highest-rated True Hollywood Story in E!'s history, among many other projects. And uh, you also wrote a book, about, uh, it was called the, the Bionic Book, The Six Million Dollar Man and the Bionic Woman Reconstructed. Uh, I was a huge uh, Six Million Dollar Man uh, mark. I, I loved this this show when it, when it, when it, was, on, when it was on, and, and even to this day when I see reruns on, on television or on Pluto TV. Uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, this book, the Bionic Book, about the Six Million Dollar Man and the Bionic Woman. Yes, uh, thank you. I, I, when I, after I finished the Bewitched book, I really wanted to continue the theme of classic TV shows that had a message about prejudice. And I went on to do the Kung Fu book about that TV show with Sarah David Carradine about an Asian in a Western world. And then I uh, would later do Life Goes On about the show that had, he had Down syndrome. 
But in between all of that, I did the Bionic book, which is about the six male man, the Bionic woman, and they felt these characters played by Lee Majors and, and Lindsay Wagner so perfectly. You know, they were outsiders as well. Just like Samantha was a witch in a mortal world, Kane was an agent in a Western world, um, and Steve and Jamie, the characters of the Six Million Dollar Man, the Binary Woman, they felt ostracized because they were half human and half machine. Um, I mean, you know, there was a, a line from the pilot of the Six Million Dollar Man where one character says to him after she sees his leg opened up and all the wires, she says, you know, she says, what kind of freak are you? I mean, it was just a really hard thing for him to hear because he was struggling with the fact that he was now half machine. So, again, these kinds of um, um, themes aren't something that we really consciously felt about these shows when we were watching them, but in perspective, that's exactly what those shows were about. Um, you know, that we have to uh, love each other uh, for, for who we are, that our inner strength is not physical, but the inner strength of, of love in our hearts. I mean, it sounds corny, but that's the truth. <laughs> We've got a great guest with us today. I always love talking with Herbie J. Pilato. He, uh, he of course, is uh, originally Rochester, New York. He lives in Los Angeles. He was an expired, uh, just just an amazing, amazing inspiration to uh, ignite the uh, classic television uh, world. And uh, you now have the Classic Television Association. Is that is that what that's called? It's the Classic TV Preservation Society. That's it. Yes. Yeah. Which is a nonprofit organization that you know dedicated to the uh, the positive influence of classic TV. And I use. You know, 24-7, I try to promote and uh, the positivity of classic TV and everything that, that it stands for. I, I write for Medium.com. My articles are seen on Emmys.com, TVWriter.com. All of that is dedicated. Everything I write is dedicated to the message, uh, the positive message of classic TV and, and everything it represents. And certainly my, my show, then again with Herbie J. Pilato, which is on Amazon Prime, and um, uh, Shout Factory TV, that's a very exciting. We just did two more episodes that have uh, premiered, I believe, uh, as we speak, with Ed Asner from the Mary Tyler Moore Show, which is having its 50th anniversary this year. Yes. And Burt Ward of uh, Batman. Now, you, you mentioned earlier uh, you've written a couple books about, about the television show Kung Fu. Um, yeah. what, what David Carradine um, is... is there's been rumors over the years that uh, originally Bruce Lee, uh, I, I guess, wanted to be in this show, or someone tried to get him in this show, and they went with David Carradine because Bruce Lee looked too Asian <laughs> to play an well, Asian. No. <laughs> that, 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 well, that's not altogether true. Number one, uh, Bruce Lee did audition for the role um, of Kwai Shang Kang. But he was considered not too Asian, but too tough. Oh, and okay. Wanted, <laughs> wow. Yeah, they, they wanted someone less tough and more tranquil. And the, the truth of the matter is Bruce Lee did not create Kung Fu. That is a, a, a false rumor, and it's a false um, uh, a statement that's been made over the years. 
Ed Spielman and Howard Friedlander created Kung Fu as a feature film in the 1960s. It didn't sell, and then they went to television with it. And during that time, Bruce Lee um, auditioned for it, and he did not get it. He did not get the part. But it was was because of his rejection from Kung Fu that he went back to China and became a martial arts superstar in feature films. So there's a, there's a line of history that really needs to be clarified again and again that Bruce Lee did not create Kung Fu. Now maybe see I hadn't he I hadn't heard that Herbie. So so that that yeah. is that is that is some interesting information that that's that's made the rounds over the years that he created Kung Fu. Yeah, he did not create Kung Fu. Maybe he created his own show that might have been similar. Afterwards, yeah, but, um, Ed Spielman and Howard Freelander created that concept in the mid '60s, way before Kung Fu came to TV. Wow, that is fantastic! We have got. Herbie J. Pilato with us today. He is amazing, and uh, he also has another great book I want to talk about here, Dashing, Daring, and Debonair, TV's top male icons from the 50s, the 60s, and the 70s. Uh, This has got Dick Van Dyke, Adam West, among others. Um, Talk to me a little bit about this book, because you, you spotlight a little bit of everybody in here. Yeah, that um, it's, it's, it's the TV male icons of the 50s, 60s, and 70s, which was a sequel to Glamour, Jesus, and the Girl Next Door, which was about the female icons of the 50s, 60s, and 70s. So I thought, well, I better do a follow-up that focuses on uh, the guys. And I, I interviewed as many people as I could who were alive. Adam West. You know, Batman wrote the foreword to the book. Yes, uh, I yes. I interviewed Larry Wilcox from Chips, Tony Dow from uh, Leave it to Beaver, uh, Billy Bray from Father Knows Best. Um, so I tried to cover the gamut of it, uh, as, as again, as a follow-up to the Glamour of Gidget and the Girl Next Door book. And, and all of my books, um, you know, I always try to take the high road and certainly talk about the complicated lives of the celebrities, but not but to do so in not a salacious way. Yes. That, that goes against my M.O., essentially. Well, this, this book uh, that we're discussing here, Dashing, Daring, and Debonair, TV's top male icons from the 50s, 60s, and 70s, uh, there's, there's a lot of these folks that are still with us to this day, uh, Dick Van Dyke, among others, uh, why do you think that their work uh, over the years has stood the test of time, such as the Dick Van Dyke show, uh, Batman is, is still on the air in various eras, uh, people love uh, you know, all these different shows. Well, why have they stood the test of time? Well, first of all, I could watch Dick Van Dyke all day long. He's just a genius. And, you know, after he did that show, he really never had to do anything ever again. <laughs> five years of, of just such perfection. Um, but what's good is good. And no yes. matter when it's done, you know, no matter when it's completed and what year it's made, if something is good, it's always going to be good. And one of the great things about the Dick Van Dyke show is that Carol Reiner, who created the show and also played Alan Brady on that series, Rob Petrie's 
um, the, the character Rob Petri died different day played his boss, um, is that there was no cultural references to the 1960s. And whenever there was a mention of something that might have happened in the 60s, they took it out because they knew uh, they didn't want to confuse future audience members of the future who would watch <laughs> the show and not get that particular reference. So that's one yes. of the reasons. So the, the only thing that was really dated about the six, or about the Dick Van Dyke show are the clothes, you know, or the furniture. But otherwise, the comedy is, is timeless. Now, regarding Adam West and Batman, you know, no matter how many Batmans they make, for, for many, many millions of people, Adam West and Bert Ward, for that matter, will always be the best Batman and Robin. Yes, um, yes. Mostly because they were heroes and they were not dark and and dizzy and edgy like all the new Batman since. You know, they were fun and they they didn't fight other heroes. They fought villains. Many of the new superheroes today fight each other. Yes. You know, I was like, what's that about? You know, we're looking for heroes to be leaders, not fight with each other. We well, want heroes to fight. And and you mentioned that uh, Batman has stood the test of time because of all the, the various things. Even uh, fairly recently, I think it was the the CW Network did a uh, like a multi universe thing where they had all these superheroes yeah. together, and Burt Ward made a cameo in that show. So that, that's the best thing about that show. It is it is it's amazing. Burt giving tribute to Burt Ward made that now I gotta say for the Flash um, I think it's an awesome show I think it's one of the brighter spots of the new hero the new superhero shows and movies that's but fantastic general, the way they yeah the way they make new hero the new superhero shows today I, I'm sorry I, I first of all I can't understand anything that anybody's saying <laughs> everybody's mumbling yes okay I can't see anybody because everything's so dark yes so I'm like what <laughs> Yes, no, nobody can see each other. You can't hear anything, and it's lots of lots of lights, lots of sound, and that's it. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's kind of what I and get out not, of this. Not to mention that if I am interested in something, then there's nine million commercials happen, and then I forget what I'm watching. Oh yes, so. yes. We, we we've got a fantastic guest with us today, Herbie J. Pilato. Writer, producer, performer, entertainment executive. He's worked on several television shows, including Bravo's hit five-part series, The 100 Greatest TV Characters, among others. And uh, you you wrote a fantastic read. Uh, as, as you mentioned, that you dashing, daring, debonair, but the book that you wrote before that was Glamour, Gidgets, and The Girl Next Door, television's iconic women from the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Talk to me about this book and why this is so special. Yeah, that, that, I knew that I had to, um, you know, focus certainly on, on more classic TV females than Elizabeth Montgomery, even though to me she's always going to be the best. But I, I focused there on Barbara Eden for Mike Mugini, Sally Field, Patty Duke, Maureen McCormick. I mean, you know, everybody loves Marsha uh, Brady. Yes. Um, it just, those, I wrote those books to, to just celebrate these amazing actors and actresses 
from the 50s, 60s, and 70s who meant so much to so many. And really, I just didn't want anybody to forget them. Not that anybody ever would. Yeah. But I wanted to put it all in one little book, uh, two little books, and uh, just really celebrate the amazing lives, careers, and characters and shows that they played. Um, uh, that these actors and actresses played. Herbie J. Pilato with us today. You also wrote uh, another great book, Life Story, the book of Life Goes On. Talk to us about this, because uh, I'll tell you, that that is, that is one series that uh, I think everybody has seen at least an episode or multiple episodes of this uh, phenomenal series. Well, the TV show is Life Goes On. It debuted in 1989, starring Chris Burke, Bill Smitrovich, Patty Lapone, uh, Chad Lowe, amazing Chad Lowe, Kelly Martin. I mean, just an amazing series. It was the first TV show to feature a character who happened to have a disability, and that was Chris Burke, who had Down syndrome in real life, Down syndrome in real life, and he played a character who had Down syndrome. But they yes. didn't make a big deal of it. You know? They were just, and they treated him on that show as a character like they did every other character, which was great, which is what those with disabilities want. Yes. They want to be, and they are just like everybody else. So they're not defined by their disability. They're, de they're, they're defined by their humanity. So that show was groundbreaking. All the new shows that you see today, like This Is Us and so forth, that have these, you know, very different characters or who deal with real life in, in different ways, Life Goes On was the first TV show to address those with disabilities in a just like, I just so happened to have a disability. Just an amazing show. And Chris Burke, amazing human being. Amazing. He remember, when I interviewed him, he remembered everything about the show, more than anybody else. <laughs> That's fantastic. It is Herbie J. Pilato. He's with us today here in a broadcast, and he's worked on many a programs. He's got a long list of top-selling, critically acclaimed pop culture media tie-in books, uh, including the Mary Tyler Moore story. Uh, a lot of the books we've discussed here today. Uh, Herbie began his career as at a page at NBC in 1984, where he worked The Tonight Show, starring Johnny Carson. Talk to us about those years. Yeah, I, and of course I wrote a book about that, too. Yes, yes. That. NBC and me. NBC, <laughs> yep. NBC and me, My Life is a Page in a Book, which is like my favorite title ever. Um, yeah, I started that, I began that job in 1984. Um, I went to a taping of Family Ties, which starred Michael J. Fox. Family Ties. And, Good Lord, I remember that. Love them, love them. Yes, and I great show. And I started a page who worked the show, and I said, yeah, I want to do what you do. And they said, no, you don't. I said, yes, I do. I said, I really want to do that. And he goes, it doesn't pay any money. I said, I don't care. I want to, I want to be paid. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> and um, it took me six months to get that job, and it ended up being really the best job job I've ever had in my life's life. Um, I just, it was 18 months. You were contracted to move up or move out. Um, I wanted to move on because I wanted to be, start acting. Um, but if I would have stayed, geez, I don't know. I probably would have been running NBC by now. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Uh, Herbie J. Pilato with us today. He joins us live here 
on our big program. And uh, you, you mentioned that, that you did become an actor. Uh, you were on uh, Highway to Heaven, The Golden Girls, General Hospital, Bold and the Beautiful. Uh, talk to us about the, just some of these experiences and some of the folks you worked with and everything. Yeah, um, well, it was, you know, I did a lot of atmosphere work or extra work. I was one of the regular um, waiters at Duke's Restaurant at on General Hospital. And, you know, I worked the Golden Girls at NBC, but then when I started acting, I actually was on the Golden Girls. But B. Arthur um, gave me a hard time because I was screwing gum on the set, and um, she had the assistant director... I'll come over to, or just generally say, okay, who has the gum? And I, and I raised my hand like I was in grammar school and that I was being reprimanded by the principal. And I said, I have the gum. He goes, take the gum out of your mouth, please. And I had to throw the gum out. And, <laughs> and come to find out, uh, B. Arthur is the one who, who saw me chewing that gum. And I, and, I write, and I write about that in my book, NBC and Me. But she, I happened to meet all the girls on the day or the year that they debuted on that show, I was the page who was assigned to greet them at the first publicity party, and B was nothing like um, her character Dorothy or Maude, for that matter, from years before. She didn't have a lot of confidence. Ruma Clanahan was great. Um, uh, Estelle Getty was a sweetheart. Betty White, Adele. What I noticed about each of them, however, is they looked like their cars. B. Arthur <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. B. Arthur had a big black BMW. Betty White had a, a mint green Seville. Um, Rue McClanahan had a beige Mercedes. And Estelle Getty drove a Chevette. Of course, a Chevette. <laughs> of course she did. <laughs> a little Chevette, because she was a little Chevette of a person. <laughs> Why, why do you think the Golden Girls uh, ha- has endured as, as well as it has over the years? Golden Girls, another groundbreaking show. First of all, it's genius. I mean, you got all that talent. You know, with Thomas Harris, we're behind it. Uh, you know, Susan Harris, who, start, who started on Soap. Um, you know, she went on to do uh, Golden Girls, along with, you know, Tony Thomas and people like that. But the show was the first, uh, series really to prove that seniors are vibrant, alive, you know, sexual human beings, and that life doesn't end at fifty-five. Thank God. <laughs> um, and it just, it just proved that you know seniors are are just as much a vital part of the population as twenty-something. Yes. It is uh, Herbie J. Pilato. He's with us today here in our broadcast. And I noticed uh, in a lot of your press material and a lot of your social media posts, you're Herbie J. Pilato, but you don't have a period by the J. Is that done on purpose, or am I yeah, missing I, something? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I can't remember if it was me or my father who did that, but my father's name was, was Herbert. And they, you know, Herbie. And my mother um, wanted to name me Herbie, too. But then everybody was like, what if we say Herbie and you both answer? Well, we'll put a J. We'll put his middle initial on 
uh, and, and his name, we'll call him Herbie J. My middle name is Herb, is James. But the whole no period thing, that might have been my thing that I did later. I can't remember. But I thought, <laughs> yeah, I it'll be cool just not to put a period. Like Harry S. Truman never used a period. Yes. So Herbie J. Blotter didn't either. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, uh, how did you get involved with uh, some of these different uh, television shows? Because, uh, like you mentioned earlier, you, you're doing a show right now for for uh, for the streaming services and, and things like this, talking about classic television. Yeah, well, I wanted to be a, a sitcom star in the 80s, and then the writing took over. So... One way or the other, though, I got my own show, and really it was because of of just over the years focusing on classic TV. Everything I did, whether it's the books or the classic TV documentaries or I would do live events with, you know, the Classic TV Preservation Society, uh, led me to host uh, book signings and, and live events for Barnes & Noble, the Burbank Barnes & Noble in California in particular, and uh, one day, um, Joel Eisenberg and Lori Gertz Eisenberg, two producers, had been attending a lot of my live events. And I'm like, huh, why are they always attending my live events? <laughs> and, then, and then finally, I mean, I, I ultimately befriended them. And, and at the end of the big Christmas live event that I had in December 2015, uh, Joel pulled me over and said, I want to turn this into a TV talk show. And I'm like, well, Merry Christmas to me, you know. And, <laughs> and Joel, it was just amazing. If it wasn't for Joel and Lori, I would not have that show. And they, I had been praying for years, you know, because I'm a great believer in God and whoever. Yes. I'm not saying that everybody should believe in God, but I think we should all believe in something good. Yes. Um, and, I happen, and I happen to believe in God. And I had been praying for years. Um to um, God to send me someone who would, you know, give me my own TV show. <laughs> That's awesome. That's fantastic. Well, you know, the Lord works in mysterious ways, my friend. Yes, the Lord does. <laughs> Herbie J. Pilato with us today. He joins us live here in our broadcast. He's written uh, countless, countless bestsellers. Uh, the Bewitched book, uh, a, a, a book on uh, the, the TV show Kung Fu, NBC and Me. Uh, what do you have coming up? Are, are you writing any more books? Or Yeah, I'm right now working on a special 50th anniversary edition of Mary, the Mary Tyler Moore story uh, for the fall because that's when uh, the 50th anniversary of the Mary Tyler Moore show. So you can certainly still get my Mary book, uh, and you can get any of my books personally signed by either going to my website, HerbieJPilato.com, or you can email me directly at HJPilato at Yahoo.com, or you can contact me through Facebook. I'm on Facebook all over the place, and Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. But, yeah, I'm, doing a re- I'm rebooting Mary uh, for the fall to commemorate the 50th anniversary of the Mary Tyler Moore Show, even though my book explores in depth her entire life before, during, and after the Dick Van Dyke Show and the Mary Tyler Moore Show. 
Fantastic. Well, Herbie, it's always a, a pleasure chatting with you. I enjoyed chatting with you about the books today, and I definitely want to talk to you again. Good luck with everything, and uh, stay safe, my friend, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Sam. Be safe, everybody. Appreciate it. Thank you, Herbie. There he goes, Herbie J. Pilato, and we are going to take a timeout, and when we come back, we have got more. We're going to wrap things up for this hour, and we got more coming up on the other side. 